0: Welcome to the podcast. In this week's episode, now that we've talked about HACCP, we are going to talk about that cornerstone, people. And it's going to be an amazing episode. So bring your whole heart like we've been talking about, and we'll see you on the inside. safety university i'm dr michelle fan and and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers if you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture this is the podcast for you every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams so grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it see you on the inside Welcome back to the podcast. It's a new week. The weather has cooled down some. Fall is coming, and I am super excited to be here and recording all of this stuff with you. There's lots and lots and lots of good things going down here at Dirgo Food Safety. Uh, You know, the first thing is that I'm here because I deeply believe in the power of local food to go out and change the course of how we live every day and it is such a blessing to be able to do all of this work with all of you and so as we're you know almost finished up with the quarter and rolling into q4 if you're serious about your business Now's the time to talk to me, okay? I just did a pricing analysis on grass-fed beef prices and it's staggering how much money you can make. But you know who's gonna make the money is the people who are willing to be brave, who are willing to find the resources to go do it, and the people who are like willing to step out of where they are comfortable. Okay. and as we are moving into the fall um, i cannot over thank people for or overestimate the amount of courage it takes every day to go out and do what you do and as i sit here and record this podcast before it comes out i am just so grateful uh, That you're here listening to this podcast. Uh, I am grateful for everyone who uh, derives benefit and value from my work, and it's thousands of people by now. And I am so grateful for the people who choose me to be their coach and their consultant, because there are certainly choices out there no doubt. I mean, I certainly have competition <laughs> and I have I have competition, mostly at lower price points than I have. But, you know, working with me, it's a luxury and a privilege. Um, and I like it that way. And I think my clients like it that way, uh, because being able to sit on the phone with me for an hour and a half and, and really go through numbers and recognize which money you can make doing a, a process, having questions answered like should I stay or should I go, having questions answered or discussed even if we don't get to a decision, around do I grow my current business, do I build? I have those discussions all of the time. I have a whole package available for people if you're if you're making that decision right, and. Being super serious and bringing the resources to bear to make your dreams come true. Um, when I say luxury and privilege may sound like an, an expensive process, but I have to tell you, the work that I do, I see it as vastly more expensive and costly in many, many, many different ways to not do the work. To not give your dreams chance to breathe uh, okay I work with people who invest aggressively in their own personal growth in making their QA systems world class best in the country able to pass audits and who invest in themselves and I and, and invest aggressively in themselves and I am not just talking about money you know if you spend any time here at all and listen to a podcast on strive um, which we're going to go through today, because that's how I talk about people, right? Uh, if you've listened to that at all, I always say, uh, you know, the I in strive stands for invest, and it's time, talent, and treasure, in that order. And uh, I want you to ask yourself, as you as we head on into Q4, how aggressively are you willing to invest your time first, your talent second, and your treasure third? Uh, to make your business grow? Or are you assuming that you can phone it in and you can half-ass it and you wonder why you're not growing as fast? Wonder no more people, okay? And the ability to invest in your business itself is a complete luxury, right? But it is also a business expense um, and the time associated with it is a mental construct that you have to figure out that I'm here to help you figure out. And so that's what we're talking about when we, in, in this particular set of podcasts about getting 1% better, because I just recorded another podcast. I recorded an interview with somebody who's going to come on and she's going to talk about selling your business. Okay. And beginning as you mean to continue and building a business that you can sell. And if you are not investing in creating a sellable business, You are going to be very disappointed when you decide you are just not in it to win it anymore, okay? And I don't want you there because your businesses are too important. They employ people in meaningful ways. For every job that we create on a farm, seven jobs are created in the greater community environment, okay? For every dollar that we spend on local food, 46 cents is returned to your community that's a staggering sum of money when you bring it together you know i'm working on some beef processing plants and you know we are looking at at a spread it's called of you know on 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 labeled you know like not on commodity beef but on the kind of beef that y'all do and we're looking at a spread of three after an operating margin like after everything is paid out of three hundred dollars a head Hmm. That's like real money in your community, guys, and it makes a real difference. And imagine if you could invest now and figure that out because the money is coming online, there are lots of different ways to do this, and there are communities who need it. So if you are interested in having that conversation, if you're a rancher right now and you're thinking about Uh, whether or not you should build a processing plant. I have the time, I have the expertise to help you have that conversation. If you are already running a processing plant and you are wondering whether or not you should, um, you should more vertically integrate, if you should add more um, capacity, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, these are the kinds of conversations that we have and they all grow out of the food safety conversation. So the reason I invented Food Safety University was so that people could have that table stakes knowledge. Okay, that table stakes knowledge, where you don't have to guess, that itself is a luxury and a privilege. Giving that to your people is a luxury that you can give your people so that they feel safe at work. And why is that important? Well. For a million dollar business, if people feel safe at work, you will make 20% more profit. That's research out of the University of Pennsylvania. I did not make that up out of whole cloth. And that brings us to our topic for today, which is getting 1% better at managing your people and being with the people in your environment, okay? The people that you work with. When I talk about managing people, I always go back to, like, I go back to the proofing box. What results are we trying to create? Who are we trying to be? And how are we getting there? That describes your culture. That describes your leadership. What does that conversation look like? Okay. And then if we aren't where we want to be, I want to ask you, taking a look at the strive construct that we use, how can you make things 1% better. There are eight questions in the STRIVE construct. So three on S and then, and then five for the rest of it, okay? It's an acronym and we'll go through the whole thing, right? But it gives you an opportunity to create a way of saying, all right, I can do this a little bit better. And here is what I want you to do. You know, I joke every week that you're gonna, you're absolutely gonna want a pen and paper. But this one, you're really gonna want a pen and paper, and not actually while you're listening to the podcast. You're gonna want a pen and paper um, after the podcast because here is what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to take all of the questions, all right, and I want you to think about your departments. Um, Or I want you to think, you know, you can think about it per department, you can think about it per person if you have a small plant, a little overwhelming if it's a big plant, Uh, you can think about it per per, uh, product that you make. But I want you to go through the questions and say to yourself and write down, what do I think about this? Um, Okay. Is this, you know, like, are we take, I don't know, take your one, take your ground hamburger program. I've been thinking a lot about ground beef this week, okay? Ask all the questions around your ground, your ground hamburger program, okay? And then, you know, do this just a little bit every day, okay? And then what you're going to find out is, is you're going to have a whole list of things you're going to do, you're going you're gonna to be able to do, okay? So say you're thinking about ground beef. Okay, and um, you come up with like, oh wait, I could get 1% better if I did XYZ thing with the labels, it would make everybody's life easier. Let's talk about that. So as we go through, well, okay, we're gonna talk about people this week, we're gonna talk about your processes next week, and we're gonna talk about your products the week after that, and then then the interview is coming. And we're gonna use the Strive construct for all of this, okay, and this week we're going to focus on people. Okay. So you're going to get a pen and paper. You're going to ask yourself these questions. Organize these questions so you're not, you know, like so it's not overwhelming. Spend a little bit of time on it each day, and then when you've covered all the strive questions, you're going to have a pretty robust list of tasks to do. That's your 1% better list. Okay, that's your 1% better list. It's really, truly that easy. So I wanna dive in, all right? So strive, my strive construct, which I love very, very dearly, and I came up with, oh, gosh, it's going to be like five years ago, but I know. Uh, and I use all day, every day, use it with my kids. I <laughs> uh, use it with my clients. Uh, use it, I use it in business analysis, as a matter of fact. When I go out, to, uh, when I go out and I do um, uh, uh, due diligence on plants that are getting bought, I use the Strive construct to, di- to di- diagram, diagnose, talk about um, how the plant culture is doing. Okay. So let's talk about your people. All right. And say your people are, and this is a pretty easy way to do this. Say your people are, you, they have a scale of performance. Okay. From zero to they're never on, which is like, they're never on time. They are, um, Uh, they come to work high. They are literally the worst employees you've ever had. Okay. So that's like a zero and then of course, 10 is, is the best employee that you ever had well, emotionally regulated at work, uh, helps, you know, like leads others to be emotionally regulated. (laughs) Okay. So on a scale of zero to 10, start thinking about your people and asking these questions, all right? If you have a small group of people do this individually, right? So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, and you've got to listen to your gut around these answers. Is this person physically safe to do their job? All right. Now, that question, in the largest sense, the answer is probably for most of your people. But I want you to get down to the nitty gritty because we're talking about 1% improvements here, guys, right? If it's a manager... Are they physically safe in their office environment? Do they have a pretty good ergonomically designed office? Is there something in the the chair or the table? I've been in plenty of places where the chairs come from God knows where. And by the end of the day, everybody's like crossing their eyes. Their backs hurt so damn bad. People aren't doing their best work if they're like constantly shifting in their chair because their butt bones hurt, guys. It's a technical term, by the way. Okay, so I want you to do on an individual basis, if practicable, but if not on a team basis, are these people physically safe in all the ways I want them to be physically safe, okay? Because not getting killed at work is not necessarily the bar, right? Now, I want you to think about whether people are financially safe, okay? Are these folks financially safe at work? They will tell you. Okay. If they're talking about their credit cards all the time and how much money they owe, they do not feel financially safe. MIT has a living wage calculator, and you can go on to, um, you just Google living wage calculator. It will pop you to the MIT site. You can put in your zip code, and it will give you what the living wage is. Calculate their living wage, guys. Okay, If you have a manager making $45,000 a year working, uh, 60 hours a week, the likelihood that they're making on a per hour basis, a living wage, is next to non-existent. Hmm, in I will tell you, for most, for most places, a living, a living wage, um, fully loaded, um, is in the neighborhood. Um, cost, so like fully loaded means costing you, um, probably $24 an hour, $25 an hour for most places. Okay? Um, And that's outside, outside, like, most major metropolitan areas. So are people financially safe? Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, Be open to the answer that you have. Okay? Because one of the worst ways to do this exercise is to lie lie to yourself. If you're going to lie to yourself, don't bother. All right? And then work on telling yourself the truth. That's a 1% improvement. (laughs) Okay? Then the next thing is, is are people emotionally safe at work? I want you to spend some time observing. Remember, we miss more by not looking than by not knowing. Um, Observing how are people interacting, and do they seem like they're emotionally safe? You know this, okay? If you break out into a cold sweat every time somebody comes near you, you are not emotionally safe at work, okay? People are yelling in meetings. They are not emotionally safe at work. I often joke when we talk about hogs, and we're process- and we're doing like work with hogs and things like that. Hogs are not subtle. People are not subtle either. <laughs> okay, if they don't feel emotionally safe, they will let you know through their actions. They are never going to come out and say, "I don't feel emotionally safe." Uh, with Rob or Cindy or whatever, like nobody ever says that at work. They will tell you with their actions. They will tell you with your, with their body language. Pay attention to that. That is the 1% better with your people. Okay. Then the next thing is trained. All right. As food processors and hell, I run food safety university guys, right? I am always asking, are people trained? The real question is, is are they trained to be doing the job that they're doing? And if you look at your managers, have the number of jobs, especially this is true of the competent people, accreted to such an extent that they are winging it because they have no idea what they're doing. Okay, I have seen this. It is often tied to people not feeling emotionally safe. People don't want to wing it at work. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So are they trained to be doing the tasks that they're doing? This may very well bring up the 1% uh, improvement of what tasks are they doing? Do you as their manager or their QA person or the person in charge even know what this person is doing on a day-to-day basis? Finding that out, that's a 1% improvement, (laughs) okay? So go find that out, right? And 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 ask yourself and then see what you can do about getting the person the training, if that's the, a part of the job that they like, all right? And, and you will find out if it's through these questions, if it's a part of the job they don't like. Um, all right, so then the next thing is, is respected. Is this person respected in their um, interactions? Do they have... Owed respect and earned respect, and we all know the, we all know the the, the folks who've been around uh, the block and have been there at the plant for a long time, and they have both owed and earned respect. How is this person showing up? Um, how are other people interacting with this person? Um, and is there a way to make improvements? Okay. Now, self respect. Usually, we talk about self respect. I caution you against making judgments about people's self-respect in this exercise. Let's stick with owed and earned respect. If people lack their self-respect, if, if people lack res- self-respect, it'll show up in other ways. Okay. Uh, so then that gets us to the I and strive, which I've already talked about a little bit. And my question for you is: Is have you made the appropriate investments in time, talent, and treasure in developing this person? Um, Is this person making investments in their own self-development, okay? Even if it's not their own treasure, which I don't recommend, okay? Please don't make your people pay for CE first and then pay them back because that is classist AF and not something we do, okay? Uh, But is this person investing in themselves? Are you as a management team investing in this person and their career tracking and what that looks like, okay? or are you half-assing this? A lot of times half-assing this looks like you promoted somebody who's technically good at a job into a leadership role and they suck at people. Uh, because really, there's nobody who works in the food industry who sucks at people. Nobody's ever heard of that, <laughs> okay? What if it's, you know, like seriously, what, um, are, are, is, has the investment been made um, based on who this person actually is? <laughs> Then that gets us to the V in strive, which is value. Do you value this person's work? Does this person value their work to the organization? Okay. Are there or are they like are are they one foot out the door? Listen to yourself. If you think these people are one foot out the door, I do not want you to underestimate that because they may very well, in fact, be one foot out the door. (laughs) Okay. You generally know this um, by how people are or are not interacting with you. Right? Do they value the projects that they're working on? Do you value the projects that they're working on? As Peter Drucker says, there is no use in doing things with great efficiency that should never have been done at all. If you don't value what they're doing, should it even be being done? Um, That is sometimes one of the hardest questions to ask ourselves at work. Next, the E in Strive stands for empowered. Are people empowered to stand in fear, in discomfort, and failure to make a difference, to do their job, to solve problems, to be the leader that you're asking them to be, to be technically proficient the way that they are they are being asked to be? Because if you don't have a workforce that's empowered, it's surpassingly difficult to make the gains and make the impact as a company that you really want to make. Um, And that, but you know, going through all of these questions and answering them honestly and looking for places for improvement, will demonstrate to you if you do this honestly, that you are willing to stand in fear and discomfort and failure to make your business thrive. And that is something incredible to know about yourself. So that's what I've got for you this week. Have a week full of awesome. Let me know how the exercise went and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. so much for listening to the food safety university podcast we'll be back next week but in the meantime i want you to go to darigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have if you haven't gotten your HACCP download go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into food safety university i'll see you on the inside